0: The Metaphysical Connection is brought to you by our sponsors. The Trinity Whip Company, handcrafted whips by Blake Brunning. Incredible form as well as function. TrinityWhipCo.com We are also brought to you by Chester Cordite, modern vintage menswear inspired by the golden age of the 1930s and 40s. ChesterCordite.com Landron Artifacts is a place to go for your amazing wall reliefs that were inspired by set designs, for motion pictures such as Raiders of the Lost Ark, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, Aliens, and of course, the originals created by the Aztecs, Mayans, and Olmecs. Add ancient mystery and intrigue with his products by going to landronartifacts.com. Don't forget the friends of our show, Recreating History, and Penman Hats. You can find out more about our sponsors and the Metaphysical Connection by going to our homepage, metaphysicalpodcast.com or join our group facebook.com slash groups slash the metaphysical connection this is the Fenora Chronicles Network
1: this is the metaphysical connection episode 68 I'm your host Carol Fisk. In this episode, Walt Schnabel and my husband Eric continue the conversation about the origins of evil. They also talk about angelic and demonic activity, the Unabomber and his Manifesto, MKUltra, and Operation Paperclip. Thanks for listening, and enjoy the show.
0: This is a little weird and a little strange because I have everything all cleaned up. I have the, the studio, as it were. Um, our our secret cabin out in the middle of the woods. <laughs> <laughs> our shed. <laughs> our shed in the woods.
2: In the New Hampshire wilderness.
0: Yeah, yeah. So the thing is, is that a little change of pace this week, because um, the uh, Jim is um, working on his own shed out in the middle of the woods.
2: Right, well, somebody else's.
0: So, really?
2: He's, yeah, he's helping with somebody build a deck. Jim used to build decks.
0: Oh no okay. kidding. Side
2: business. Yeah. He's some guy, I guess, talking to help him. So.
0: That's fantastic. He's being
2: good, he's being a good guy, as he is, and helping somebody out. So we can't object to him not being here too heartily. We, Although
0: we do miss him. We do, absolutely, because that, that that's having Jim over here is you know giving us the paranormal news of the week is is a couple of people said that that's what they tune in for. So he's he's really missed. Okay. So.
2: Well, he'll be back.
0: Yeah. And we'll he's keep just, t-
2: uh, he's on assignment, I guess you could say. He is on some, assignment in some ways.
0: So you and I have you and I have two things that we're really excited about talking about this week. Or, yeah. So well
2: Yeah, I I think that um, well let let's roll with the the we want to talk about Blade Runner first. I want to talk
0: about Blade Runner yeah, first. The new Blade Runner. The new Blade yeah. Runner. Twenty
2: forty nine. Twenty forty nine. Right. It is uh I saw it just the other night, and it, it's quite an amazing piece of cine, cinematic achievement. I
0: Would think. you say that it's probably the most beautiful dystopic movie you've ever seen?
2: Well, it's right up there. Yeah, clearly. Yeah, um, it's it's beautiful, but it's also disturbing. It, know, it is, which, which is a nice kind of juxtaposition, right? That's always it's always good to work on different levels, and uh, yeah. It, it's it's got a clear viewpoint. I mean,
0: oh, it really does.
2: I, I don't want to go too far into the to the plot structure or anything like that because people, many people, I'm sure at this point haven't seen it. It's only been out like what ten days or something, or something like. like that. So um, highly oh. recommended, though. Yeah, to go see it. It's it's a really very logical extension of the of the first Blade Runner. It's exactly
0: what you would think that would happen in a movie by Ridley Scott about. Something that happened 30 years ago in the not too distant future. Did okay. that make sense? Yeah,
2: it does. Um, I I was under the impression that Ridley Scott directed this, but he didn't. Right, he, he didn't. produced
0: it. Right.
2: <clears throat> so he clearly had his hand on it. But
0: oh yeah, it's he's got he Ridley Scott uh, over it all over it.
2: Yeah, I, I can't imagine that he didn't have a great deal of input into the yeah direction of the yeah. movie. Uh, I wasn't familiar with the guy that directed it, but who whoever he is did it. An amazing job he
0: did an incredible job.
2: Uh, it's a long movie, but
0: it it's almost three hours. But it
2: doesn't feel long to me. It doesn't doesn't drag. No, um, there is a couple of spots that are maybe a little slow, but um, right. But they're setting the story up basically. There is right. no wasted um, scenes. I don't,
0: the, yeah, for, you know, for my money, for me, the whole thing about those really long scenes where they establish the setting i think is really sort of super important important because you need to know this is not this isn't your mommy and daddy's los angeles this is a version of los angeles which is again the logical um extension of the los angeles from the original blade runner movie right which i think is probably one of the greatest movies of all time and i am i admit that i'm biased because it's one of those movies where it's like if it's on hbo or the movie channel in the 1980s and i was home and i was alone i watched that movie i had the soundtrack and i used to like listen to harrison ford's cadence all the time mm-hmm. as a means mm-hmm. of breaking my vermonter accent um and it was it you we- had a
2: vermont accent at one time.
0: i did yeah i didn't know that yeah
2: We've certainly overcome it.
0: Yeah, I and um, it's probably one of the most important movies ever ever made, or it's the most important. It's one of the most important movies in my life. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, you know, like John Pike and I had said earlier, do we really want to see a sequel to Blade Runner that might ruin the original? And oh, oh
2: it's not. No, it, it's it's not. No, it's it's a, it's a very very logical extension. Exactly extended yeah. version of what the original Blade Runner
0: tried right. to achieve, I think. I think it e- even succeeded in some areas where it um, said some things that Mary Shelley tried to say, but I don't think that she really had the opportunity to say it because of the the language and the lexicon. Um, right, of,
3: right. It
2: was the same theme, you know, thematically. It's, right. It's, this, you know, it's, it's the domination of technology. Right. Um, which leads to the destruction of, the human race basically. What
0: happens what happens when you dabble with life and you create a superior form of life if you try and perfect human beings? What what happens? Right. What's the and consequences it,
2: well, of that? Well and and it also is very um, reflective of our our situation, I think, as human. Well oh, very beings. much so. You know, and we're we're just humans are really just one stage of of, of evolution of,
0: yeah, <clears throat> of yeah. the
2: species, I think, you know, um, an important one to, right. to be sure. However, if, you know, if we go back to our own creation myths, uh, well, when I say our own, I mean the in, the indigenous people yeah. of all around the world, mm-hmm. they all have very similar... Oops, I just pinged. <laughs> you did that again. <laughs> I, I pinged. Um, <laughs> um, they, they, you know, they all... Talk to or speak about um, mankind being in some kind of an interjection f- being put into the human right, race right. from off planet. Yeah, um, and and you know the, the theme for Blade Runner is is a very very much an extension of that. It is of that whole concept. Um, of course, I can't go one show without Mitch and get the bell warmed up.
0: It's warmed up. The Anunnaki. There you go.
2: Um, apparently, you know, messed with our genome. I and mean, we've talked yeah. about this over and over again. But um, So Blade Runner is taking that concept. Right. Of, of humans being actually created as a working... Almost slave race, a slave you know, race. Yeah, um, to do the bidding of the Anunnaki, who who didn't want to do certain kinds of jobs. Exactly, and and that's very much the case with with replicants, right? In, in Blade Runner, they yeah. were created to do um, nasty stuff that humans didn't want to do Dur- and dirty and, jobs. And and, pre- and pretty soon they they began to become self enlightened. Yeah, which which I think humans have yet to to really achieve that. The human race has not really achieved
0: that yet. And I've said this before in many other episodes where I I, I really think that people, there are so many people around us who are just, they're they're more like receptacles for other people's thoughts and ideas. I I think, I don't think that there's a lot of people out there who actually have an original thought that's all their own. I think the thing is they're just a series of chemical and physical, sociological um, reactions um, well, it's because, because it's
2: because most, most everybody's programmed that way, right? You know, the, the educational system and the whole, the whole social system really that's in place is right is programmed for not for creative thinking. No, it, it's programmed for left brain, stay in the box, follow the right, follow the cadence, whatever cadence is laid out for you, yeah, and you'll be a happy
0: camper. Right.
2: Well, mm, on some level that's true, and on some level that's very untrue. Yeah. You know, because it doesn't really feel right to be told what to do, and to you know, like you have said many times, it's it's kind of a soft fascist system that we we live in. You know, my own family structure was that way. Yeah, everything was cool as long as I did what I was supposed to do. Like this is
0: what you're going to do. You're going to go from A to B to C to D.
2: Like I had no. I mean, you know, there was no choice. I was going to go to college. Right. You know, it was just a question of which college. And yeah. If I didn't get g- good grades, then, you know, you're going to be a failure. You know? Exactly. And that's what I grew up thinking and was locked into that thinking pattern. And then, you know, I I sort of now realize that that is not really true. No. You know, there's many paths to, to to whatever you deem success as. Yeah. You know, college is one of them, of course. And, and I think education is important, but only if it... Broadens your thinking patterns, sure. not narrows them down. Sure, and that's what education does a lot of. Right, times, at least as it exists now.
0: I mean, there's a conversation that I had with my son this morning on the way to school, mm-hmm. and I said, one of the things I want to do is I want to. After wanna... he said, I don't want to go to school. <laughs> <laughs> school sucks. And
2: but and, you know, right? You know, you're not too far off.
0: And I said to him, I I want to pass down some skills to him that he will always have, like fathers did for generations whereas it's like if you're a mason you are going to be passed down these skills to become a mason or a carpenter or farmer um you know whatever throughout the late just lay out you know whatever it is
2: eric ward cleaver fisk
0: yeah exactly (laughs) you know and get mike i mean he doesn't have to you know do the Fedora Chronicles or the the metaphysical connection but he at least should be able to have the skills so he can self-publish whatever. To
2: do whatever he wants to do. Exactly. Yeah, you, you have to you, you can say that you want to do this or that. Yeah. But between there and between here and there you have to get the skills to do that. Exactly. That, that's the whole secret. To yeah. It, you know you can say oh yeah I want to be a writer but if you don't want to study writing and writing techniques and, and read you know you, you might as well just forget it cuz you're never going to be a writer. You know? Exactly. And, and much less a professional writer, you know, to, to make a living at something is 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 to me the end result of where you want right. to try to get. Right. Cuz you have to make a living. Yeah. To, to subsistence on think. So, getting back to Blade Runner, we got a little bit off track there. As we, we do tend, that. As we, we do tend that. To do. Um, I you know, I think Blade Runner if, if you understand the message behind it, right. you, you, there uh, as with the original Blade Runner, you can, you can look at it on many different levels. You yeah. can look at it as sort of an action movie because mm-hmm. it really is. Yep. But there's all kinds of different layers beneath that whole picture. Yes. And it's really based on Philip K. Dick's uh, short story, I think. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. Which, which I think laid that out. You know, he he was an amazing writer. He was. Sure. I think he's he's underappreciated because. His stuff is primarily class, primarily classified as science fiction, right? Uh, but he's he's got really a much larger message, and and some of that apparently he downloaded from some right some source, which you know we've chronicled before.
0: But I will come out and and tell you that um, his his book Man in the High Castle um, is almost unreadable because of the way because of the writing style of that of that book. But when you actually get down to what it is that he's trying to say, it is an amazing book. But there's, it's, I think it was too much style and not enough substance. Not, not,
2: not a real readable.
0: Yeah, he tried to write in kind of like the sort of um, Japanese American um, broken English um, sort of cadence, where it's like um, some (laughs) of the stream of consciousness kind of, almost like that, missing a lot of (laughs) like nouns or. adjectives or whatever he he was missing part of the everyday sentence structure yeah the and a syntax lot of it, was, the syntax was, was, was off yeah um
2: so you know i i and i'm sure you will um mirror my thoughts on uh, blade runner the new blade runner i think it's a movie that everybody should see oh yeah it's, it's an important important movie um not just for the uh, I mean, it, it, it. the whole thing works on yeah. on many different levels. the The mood, the sound, the the lighting, yeah, the, the visual effects. Everything is just really, really high, high technology, highly, really high end, really well done, really yeah, well done. Um, and the message is is important too. It's it's you know it's it's really I think if we're not careful, I think that's <laughs> where we're going to end up. Yeah, you know that the Earth is in in a Horrible, abysmal yeah. state of you know dysfunction, basically. Right, right. and all I, I, I think all the elites have gone off planet, you know, which I think is where things are heading. Right. If, if you read about all all the things that are kind of going on behind the scenes, you know that are, that elites are are sort of setting things up for that.
0: Oh, you know? absolutely. And
2: um, you know they're going to be prepared. If if there's some kind of a huge disaster of some whatever sure, sure. whatever the genesis of the disaster some, is, they
0: have some like. kind of Elysium waiting for them in and, high orbit. They
2: do, they do, and and so everybody that's left behind um, is going to be faced with dealing with you know horrendous. A horrendous situation
0: we're already facing horrendous circumstances right now what? well
2: n- not nearly as bad as what's in Blade Runner but No. Know, it's, I mean we still have there's there's really very little beauty left right in, in anything you know um, and, and it does bring up the question of when when do when do beings become self-aware and, and what happens when right. that, when that whole thing takes place? And the you know the replicants were were created to, as I said earlier, to do the bidding of the human race. Yeah. And then at some point they sort of got past the human race. Sure. Um, and and became sort of self-aware and self. Yeah. Um, well, I'm not going to give away the, the the big reveal in the in the new Blade Runner, but.
0: The, the the big reveal uh, at the end of of blade runner um was really a, ter- a tearjerker um and i'm not i'm not going to spoil it obviously no, no. but I, I mean i literally cried i mean i uh, there were three moments in the movie where i was like oh my god <laughs> i started to to, to <laughs> bawl like a baby um and there are a couple couple of is and it's not full of fan service um, like you'd imagine, there are a couple of nods to the original film, but it kind of it, it's it, it all works for a purpose.
2: Yeah, and it's and it's all really an extension of the original movie. It really which, is. Which, um, you know, there's there's two guys on the on the Gaia channel. Jay Widener is one who's who's high up in the ranks of Gaia. Yeah. He may even be the progenitor of it. I'm not sure. But then there's another guy. Jay, I forget his what his last name is, but really really smart guy. Sure. Who really understands movies? Um,
3: mm-hmm.
2: And they they di- kind of dissected the original Blade Runner, and, yeah, and all of the es- esoteric messages that are in there. Yes, um, like for example, remember the scene with a, with the mechanical owl?
0: Yes, of course.
2: They, uh, you know when they when they go to the uh, corporation that right um, actually controls things at that point. Sure, and, and is responsible for yeah. creating replicants. Yeah. Um, well, when you think about the um, the owl that's um, in the where's the, uh, Bohemian Grove, mm-hmm. where when they when they kind of use the owl as a symbol, mm-hmm. you know the burning of of the uh, when when all those powerful people go to Bohemian Bohemian yes. Grove and they burn this big owl. Yes. Well, it's all tied it's all tied into that, right? You know that's where that and I never thought about that really. Yeah. I remember the owl was cool when I. Right, when I saw it, and it looked real, like a real owl, but it was obviously a mechanical device. So there's all those kind of little messages in there, right. in the original one. Um, and the fact that the corporation is in a pyramid.
0: Yeah. You know. <laughs> the Tyrell Corporation yeah. Yeah. has their headquarters in a pyramid. Right.
2: And and that brings up another whole topic, uh, which I think we're going to do a show about, is that, are, you know, are we moving toward a technocracy?
0: I think it's too late. Um, I think we already are.
2: If If we're not. Well on the way, yeah. you know. Um, so that's you know that's another aspect of of the of both movies is that a corporation has taken over the the rulership of the planet.
0: Soft fascism, yeah. Well, Soft that seems, fascism.
2: That's that's getting more well, more toward hard. Well, fascism. here's
0: here's everything that you need to know. Mark Zuckerberg is on on Barack Obama's speed dial. They talk mm-hmm. on a regular basis. They Wonder chit-chat. they friends on Facebook. They probably are.
2: Does Mark Zuckerberg have a Facebook page? Yeah. Does he? I I never, I never thought about that.
0: But. Yeah. he. You know, and, and the thing is that it's like. Do you
2: think he would friend me if I requested
0: Maybe. It? Maybe. But the thing is, is that, you know, I have two Facebook accounts. I have the Facebook for Eric Fisk, mm. and I have the other one for the so Fedora Chronicles. So does that mean
2: you're two-faced, Eric?
0: Mm, yeah, maybe. Maybe it does mean that. But the thing is, like, there are times when I'm just posting as Eric Fisk, and then it's like I'm posting as as the Fedora Chronicles Corporation. But I think that there's there is something really wrong with American society, and how we have allowed the corporations to dictate who and what we are and what we can be.
2: Well, that, there you go. That's that's what that's technocracy at its yeah. at its, and I think that's where uh, that you know that may be the next step. Yeah. In in the whole new world order kind of thing you know that we we've gotten to the point where our political system has broken down right and and is breaking down as we speak i think it's it's just not working it's people are starting to understand that you know the people that get elected to represent them don't really represent them it's it's, it's it's a farce really yeah um you know without getting too far into that line of thought um i think i think that's Kind of one of the messages that Blade Runner is putting out there is that you know when you start to allow technology to control your go- the governing of right. your society, then right. you you get um, you get what you pay for.
0: Right. You know?
2: And that's what that's what Blade Runner um, symbolizes, I think.
0: When you have corporations that have too big of a chair mm-hmm. next to whomever is in charge. When you have large corporate heads, perfect example, Harvey, we're not going to get into Harvey Weinstein too much. No,
2: I I don't want to get into him at all because what we're doing by mentioning him is giving him power. Okay. And we're going to talk about that in the second part of the show, but go ahead. Finish your thought anyway. The reason why he was dissect his actions, the
0: reason why so many people like him, and I might actually go back and edit his, um, uh, his name. I might actually take his name out. But the reason why he was able to get away with everything that he got away with was because he was such a huge campaign donor and fundraiser for the power elite in this country. Well,
2: he had power. You know. He had power and nobody wanted to tell him no or right. take him to task on his actions. Yeah. So as a result, you know, he, he did what he did because people allowed him to do that. For whatever the reason, is. Yeah. you know, you have a star, let's say, and there apparently there are <clears throat> hundreds of them that, right. that he accosted in one way or another. Sure, um, that didn't report it or didn't say anything about it or said something about it and was told, "No, nah, you can't, <laughs> you can't go there." You know, he's Harvey Weinstein. Right, you know, he's 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 got all this power and he's gonna, you know, he's gonna ruin you if you, you know right do, do something as a result of what he did to you and so they just said okay well i want to be an actress i want to be you know acquire all the trappings that are attached to that sure and and so they just didn't do anything right and so he just allowed he was he was perpetuated this went on for i don't know what 30 years or something about right? yeah he he got rolling in the early 80s i think yeah um and i he i think he started right in using his using his power to to manipulate of course. people and harass people and so he finally got his due, I guess.
0: Well um, you know. I, I won't be surprised if something awful happens to him and LAPD and the other members of the power elite make it look like an accident in quotes. Well, who knows?
2: Yeah, he, he he's probably got a lot of part you know, part of that whole process is that he probably has he can name names. Right. That look the other way right. or or whatever. Oh, who you knows, think there's, Charlie there's Sheen's like, bad? <laughs> you know. there's, there's there's tons of stuff that can spin around that, you know, right. and, and who knows what it all is. But as I said, I don't want to give him too much power by um, talking too much about him. Yeah, I, I, I think he's just a really evil person. Right. He fits the definition that we defined last show, right. think, as but, far as I'm concerned.
0: But more than anything else about Blade Runner, getting back to Blade mm-hmm. Runner, it is such a commentary about the life and times that we live in right Absolutely. now. Absolutely, totally. It, and That's
2: why it's so important for it's, people to see that and say oh my god that could be us yeah we're we're not that far away from
0: that right and I think that and I just had this thought maybe that's the reason why it's not doing so well is because it is so spot on about the world we live in now and the direction that we're going in um
2: well I think a lot of people don't really want to think about that (laughs) they want to go to the movie and get their big thing of popcorn and a big soda
0: don't judge me
2: (laughs) I'm just saying I'm not I didn't mention any names um and, and just sit there and be entertained for two hours. And I get that. That's Right. That's, there's nothing wrong with that, per se. Right. Um, however, I think true cinema is art. Yeah. And, and art has a message attached yeah. to it. And if you don't want to hear that message, then maybe you should hear that message. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> maybe that's the way that goes, you know. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I love the movie. I, th- I think everybody should should see it. Um. Maybe it's not for everybody. Right. But and I, I don't wanna, you know, be judgmental about people who, who don't like it or don't right. comprehend it or whatever. It's it's a it's a it's a dense movie. There's yeah. no question about yeah. it. And there's parts of it where even I who have a pretty good knowledge of those kinds of things were yeah. saying like, Whoa, what does that mean, you know? Right. And I'd have to really go back and see it again, I think, to get yeah. the full, maybe more than once even, to, to get the full power of it, the, the whole, the full impact. But Ridley Scott's on to something. Ridley Scott's a genius.
0: He really is. Concerned.
2: The stuff that he put in the original Blade Runner, yeah. where, where did he get that from? Where, where did he Downloaded. download? <laughs> it, it he was he tapped and Phil K. Dick. He was tapped into something.
0: I'm going to say something here, and also... Um, Another really good movie that not enough people saw was Alien Covenant, and I think that you mm-hmm. can watch Alien Covenant, and then you can watch Blade Runner 2049, and you get, you'll get it. You'll get what he's trying you'll to say. you see where the two
2: things merge.
0: He's really, he's really trying to say something. Uh, uh, yeah. He's really trying very hard to have a conversation mm-hmm. about what we're doing with technology, especially with biohacking. Uh, that's some scary stuff. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure if that's a road that we want to go down. Um, Speaking about roads, we really don't want to go down. Um, So Walt sent us a review of (laughs) the Unabomber miniseries. One thing, before we get off the Blade Runner, I want to ask
2: you, do you you know what Blade Runner means?
0: No, what do you think it means?
2: Well, I I think, well, obviously Blade Runners are the replicants who have been the higher level replicants who have been assigned to eliminate the lower level ones sure. that, are, that are problematic in some yep. way. Um, rebellious. Yeah. Um, well, Blade Runner, the concept is is running along a blade. Okay. How, how dangerous that can, you know what I mean? Oh, okay. Like edge of a sword sort of thing. Yeah. Um. What do you think? Sound That sounds... That sounds... Had you thought about what Blade Runner really meant?
0: Um I couldn't
2: figure it out. I, yeah. looked, I looked in a lot of different places and then and then one of the guys on that um Hollywood it's called Hollywood Exposed, yeah. I think, or something. Yeah. Um he, he mentioned that Jay Widener actually mentioned that. Blade Runner, the concept of a blade runner is somebody running along the edge of a blade. Yeah. How, it, how precarious that is. And that's the position that a blade runner is in.
0: Yeah. It's also it sort of harkens back to running with scissors and how dangerous that might yeah, be. Yeah,
2: sort of. Kind of it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. So yeah. that was my one final thought on Blade Runner. All so.
0: right. So, um, so before I was so rudely interrupted. <laughs> Ooh, sorry. Walt's throwing stuff around the room.
2: I just knocked something off the table.
0: Yeah. um, So Walt wrote this review um, for uh, the Discovery Channel's miniseries about Ted Kaczynski, the unibom- Manhunt Unabomber. Mm-hmm. And which, w- is Netflix, which is on, on Netflix. Which is on Netflix. Which is and that's there's another show with a similar name with a similar theme, Mind Hunters right. or Mind Hunt, right. and that Mindhunter, is Mind Hunter. Mind Hunter. And the thing is, is that these are mm-hmm. very disturbing um, miniseries on Netflix right now. Perfect for Halloween. Because mm-hmm. um, the thing is, is that it's not like a slasher f- film. These are kind of like. True horror stories that work on a psychological level, like thrillers. And um and Walt had said that there's <laughs> there's an episode in this. I think I'm trying to remember, is it the eighth episode. I
2: think it's no eighth is the last one. It's six. It's the
0: sixth episode.
2: But don't just go watch six. <laughs> no, don't watch run and go and watch, watch six because the, the
0: build up is simply phenomenal. And um right now I'm gonna just say um spoilers um, if you haven't stop listening to this podcast and go and watch Manhunt Unabomber and then come back and finish listening to this episode come on, Eric.
2: we just lost like half the
0: audience <laughs> <laughs> um, it also ties into a previous episode that we've done here on the metaphysical connection talking about MK Ultra and Walt and I had we were standing in my kitchen before we decided to record and I kind of you know I said to him I said do you know what this means do, do you know what this means Walt with I with, said
2: yeah Eric do you know what it means cuz I mentioned it in the article so that yeah. you would like so your antennas would fly out of your head yeah
0: and,
2: and apparently they
3: did
0: and the thing is that it was like we were my entire family we were watching this and then when you, we got to the scene whereas Oh my God! This is a part of Operation Paperclip. This is, I mean,
2: well, it, you know, the bigger picture. I think, um, and that's, you know, that's that's obviously important because I think people need to know that, you know, Ted Kaczynski, and, and how this kind of segues into our show on evil last week and the one we're going to talk about today, the one that's kind of part two of what we did right. last week or two weeks ago, um, is, is that it, it, there's this kid. Who is um, a brilliant kid? He's he's got like a one sixty nine IQ. He's a genius. He's a savant in mathematics. Right. You know they skipped him ahead two grades. His parents pushed him, which
0: is a bad thing to do. Well,
2: because he couldn't he couldn't handle the social part of it. He had he didn't have good social skills to begin with. Right. People generally who are real intelligent like that don't. You know they're they're short. The short end of their stick is the social right. part of things. They just don't know how to. They're idiot savants. They, well, they, they don't know how to navigate the social. Yeah. You know, and, and it's difficult for even yeah. people who of normal intelligence, but um, they they just don't have the skills, the social skills no. to, to to handle that kind of stuff. And so as a result, he he became sort of isolated. Yeah. In his own head. Right. You know, and all of the things that happened to him in life sort of pushed him more and more and more into that direction yeah he 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 showed up at Harvard at the age of 16 and had no you know he he didn't have the skill set the emotional skill set that most people have right arriving at college you know at say 18 or 19 yeah. or whenever whenever they go um he he's a, he's a kid you know and, and he's dealing with people that are way more advanced than him emotionally and socially and as a result he he gravitated toward um, a psychological study that was being done by some professor that was obviously being funded by the CIA and and got damaged. Yeah. What, whatever they did to him, they didn't really get too much, in the, and I don't want to go too far into this because people are hopefully going to watch this. Yes. But <clears throat> whatever they did to him damaged his psyche. As you know, they as damaged as it probably already was, they put it right. They, they put I it mean, right over the edge. Yeah. Um they they created false scenarios right. a, about his parent about his mother and stuff that was just cruel. It was just absolutely totally mean, cruel and cruel vicious. Stuff. And it, it impacted him. It it had a lasting yeah. scar on his psyche that right. that that created what became the the, the psyche that turned into the unabomber right um you know were they the total total responsibility for that probably not but they had a good share of it yeah you know and i don't think anybody's taking standing up taking responsibility for him
0: no but they thought somebody should somebody should (laughs) stand up and take responsibility and say first of all oh crap what have we done and then they, let's not forget, Walt, he was not the only test subject. He oh, was no. not. Oh, no. What happened no. to the other members that of one. that? That
2: was just one. Um, and, and I I applaud the show for bringing that out. Yeah. Because that really gave you insight. That whole episode, the sixth episode, right. really gave you total insight into why he became what he became. Yeah. And And what the creation of evil looks like. Right. You know, and nobody would say that his actions weren't, based in evil
0: no they were they were evil actions they they were genuinely evil actions because there was
2: a lead-up to that
0: oh absolutely that's the
2: important thing about it i think
0: the important thing to realize is that they created this monster and once the monster got out Mm -hmm. they they, couldn't get him back in the bag they couldn't get him back in the they couldn't get the genie back in the bottle right Right. and it was
2: he went from it went from 82 to 96 when they yeah. caught him. That's a long period of time. That's a long. Now, he wasn't bombing. He, you know, he, there were long periods of time where he didn't do anything. Yeah. Um, but he did. Um, he, he did target certain elements of society that yeah. he, he felt were um, things that needed to be brought to the limelight. You know, brought to the forefront yeah. of. of evil things that he considered evil right yeah, he actually did have some concept to that
0: yeah and some of the some of the um aspects of his manifesto scares the hell out of me because well, some of I,
2: I can't say i disagree with a lot of s-
0: well that's the thing that scared the hell out of me is mm-hmm. that there's a lot of things that he had said that are conclusions that i've come up to on my own
2: well and and getting back to our discussion of of technocracy that's that's basically what he was talking about essentially yeah um you know he he believed that the industrial revolution where man started to you know use machines and that kind of technology is the beginning of the end for mankind and and (laughs) blade runner as a as a nice segue kind of illustrates that's
0: exactly it we're talking about two extremes of of the same (laughs) yardstick hold on a second
2: yeah i mean that's where that's where it went to
0: now, uh, what what terrifies me is that <laughs> there's a synchronicity here.
2: Well, it came full, uh, yeah, if you think about our discussion, it came full circle.
0: We're talking well, about synchronicity, and, yeah, we're, talking yeah. about and right. we're talking about this, and then we're talking
3: about
2: right.
0: this. And and it was just like, and I cannot help but wonder, and I know this is going to sound like a crazy conspiracy theory, and there's no way to prove this, Walt. Mm-hmm. You said this yourself. When you say something like this... Um you could accidentally come off sounding like a nut. I can't well, uh, help but wonder how many other serial killers out there who have been a part of projects from MK Ultra that led to them going on these shooting sprees. And you said this yourself. It's almost as if they're programmed to do these horrible acts and then when they're done kill themselves. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Which leaves behind now I, I, you know you can't interrogate somebody that's dead no and find out why you know you can't i mean you could probably go back into their history and look for different indicators but you're never going to really get down to the real nitty-gritty unless you can actually talk to the person exactly if in fact they will really <clears throat> excuse me talk to you you know you don't know
0: exactly and and uh the idea is that and, and we've said this and it's it sounds it sounds crazy to say that these kids that go on these shooting sprees, is it really the guns, or is it, or is it the media, and is it the, um, uh, the the uh, the video games and the drugs that they're on? Are these kids already warped and confused, and we're just putting them in these scenarios? I mean, it's just like kind of kind of like a perfect storm.
2: Well, we're gonna. I think we're gonna get to that in the next segment. As, yeah. to, as to what um, what produces. Well, today our topic is going to be demons. Yeah. So we're gonna. T- I think we're gonna. At least from my point of view, I'm gonna to try to um, look at that from look at those type of events from a, from yeah. a maybe a demonic or, or evil entity point of view. Yeah. Um, You know, kind of dissect that whole process that yeah. that goes through. You know, you know, like this this latest guy in Las Vegas. That you know, what what led him to that. To that point, yeah, where he became a person that would do something like that, or, or yeah. desired to do something like that, you know. Well, you, you, you have to wonder. You have to again. He killed himself. Yeah. So nobody. And and I don't think people like that really share a whole lot of their thoughts because they're generally loners, right? It's, it's a pretty, pretty specific pattern. Even Kaczynski was was very much of a loner, you know.
0: But he wrote uh, his manifesto and he insisted. Yeah, and he's still
2: alive, so yeah. He didn't they they caught him without having killing him or yeah. letting him kill himself. Yeah. Um uh, but to my knowledge, I don't think he's ever talked about what drove him. At least maybe he maybe he has. I don't maybe know. Maybe he hasn't looked into it that much, but uh, it might be worth studying it. Absolutely. You
0: know? So Yep.
2: So you want to um, take a break here we're gonna and, take um, we're
0: gonna take a, a, a quick break we're gonna fuel up and then when we come back we're going to talk about the supernatural influences of evil specifically demons right. um yeah it's it, it's it's Halloween time so it's about time we do another show on demons yeah you know
2: yeah I mean they, they certainly um that that kind of mindset certainly comes to the forefront yeah with, with
0: yeah absolutely so stay, stay tuned
1: Battling daily whip fever? Sadly, there is no cure, only treatment. More whips. This podcast is brought to you by the Trinity Whip Company, proudly bringing you traditionally made kangaroo whips with top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function. Handcrafted by Blake Brunning. You can find them at www.trinitywhipco.com and on the Metaphysical Connection main page.
0: Now that we're all tanked up with coffee again. um, And by the way, I actually make a fresh pot of coffee for Walt before he pulls in the driveway and he brings his own. And it oh, was just
2: I always do Rick. I mean, huh? You hadn't noticed that pattern <laughs> Since I've done it For the last 50 shows <laughs> I, I think Maybe that's you might have But no I, I appreciate your uh, And I, I may
0: It's unflavored coffee too Wow That's that's even better Yeah No girly mon coffee It's me. not girly It's not Pumpkin spice is not yeah, girly It's girly No it's not man
2: Do you think Arnold drinks Pumpkin spice coffee
0: Oh hell yeah Come on Oh yeah that, he's he's from Hollywood. I, I bet he has a pumpkin spice I think macchiato. He's got some, I think he's got some Neanderthal genetics.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, self res, self respecting Neanderthal would drink pumpkin spice coffee. Okay, well then it hit you with a bone if you serve that to them.
0: <laughs> well, the good news is is that I'm not a Neanderthal at <laughs> using your logic. You know.
2: <laughs> well, yeah, I
0: guess. Mm, that is some mm. good pumpkin spice coffee. Mm. I thought you said it was regular. Ah, uh, no, I'm just saying that just for the uh, oh, I just, just wanted, for the listeners, just for the effect. Hold on a second. I want to. Here's a sound effect for us that we're going to use in the future. Pumpkin
2: spice. Oh, pumpkin. Do you spice. Know there's pumpkin spice is all over the place. Like, I every, know. Everything is can, Everything's
0: pumpkin spice. <laughs> pumpkin spice hand you can get lotion. Pumpkin
2: spice deodorant. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I gotta That's, make sure that I close the door to my medicine cabinet, you know, before <laughs> Walt goes back in there. <laughs> I'm
2: be putting that on heavy. <laughs> I know. Put it all over. <laughs> I know. Ah <laughs> uh, well.
0: So I think that. Uh, oh my God! So one of the things that you wanted me to say and interject here is that if you, when you see Blade Runner, uh, twenty forty nine. In the theater, see it in a really good theater. Right. Don't go and see it in a crappy, rundown theater,
2: scratchy uh, audio system theater.
0: Right. <laughs> uh, yeah. You know, so yeah,
2: you know, you have to see state of the art because it, it's it, a state yeah. of the art movie. Yeah, it's that's very much a part of the whole
0: that yeah digital protector
2: the, well and and the whole ambiance of the movie is is powerful based on the sound right. and the yeah it's 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 a dramatic
0: yeah dramatic effect right you with it right it's so
2: emotional it emotes just the sound and the lighting everything yeah. emotes a you know yeah. a feeling that you, you gotta gotta get the full the full embodiment of
0: it's the first time in a long time that I actually bought the soundtrack immediately right after seeing the movie really yeah
2: cool I didn't even know it was out
0: yeah okay so so with that said ladies and gentlemen
2: it is time for part two of our when
0: we we, deconstruction of evil when Walt and Eric were last seen they were about to enter the dark haunted castle and Walt said (laughs) It's time for Evil, Eric. (laughs) So, (laughs) so I think that uh, one of the things that really sort of um, strikes me—evil time. It's evil time. (laughs) It's evil time. I'll play some hammer time, but different. I I know what I'm going to do. I'm uh, going—you know—when I edit this, I'm going to insert some evil music, (laughs) you know, in the back just for a second. Evil sound effects. Just yeah, just an evil song. Um, So I've been reading more of this "People of the Lie" book. And it is probably one of the scariest books I think that I have read. It's even more terrifying than Beware the Night that um, that I reviewed last year. Mm. It is, and it, it talks about people who are genuinely disturbed and how did they get that way. I think that the people who are, if you're an FBI profiler and you're trying to figure out what kind of person does these horrible things, to other people, mm-hmm. that's a book that you really ought to read. And it's and, and in the disclaimer in the introduction of this book, Doctor M. Scott Peck says, "Handle with care. This could be a very dangerous book. You in the wrong hands."
2: Well, yeah, that's true. That's that's part of the discussion we're going to have today. I think.
0: Is if you don't way. mind me asking, my friend, what's your definition of the right hands? Because a lot of the things discussed in this book and how people become quote evil unquote Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. leaves well haven't we all had issues haven't we all had some horrible trauma in our lives i know and the thing is there are times when it's like i'm watching these documentaries about these serial killers and i'm like wait a minute i had a domineering mother and i had an absentee father and i was interested in some pretty strange things when i was that Mm -hmm. age Mm -hmm. what how come i'm not a serial killer. That's the thing. You got to be careful of that because you don't want to overanalyze that.
2: I I think it's, it's more than just circumstances. I I think there's more to it than that. You know, we talked about the metabolic just to kind of reiterate a little bit of what we talked about on the last show is that there's, you know, there's a brain chemical that's emitted in people who um, do partake in, in social activity yes and and it occurred to me after we did the show last week I, I didn't bring this part of it up, but um, I, I think that's one of the one of the evolutionary things that that we've developed to to be social creatures because that's a um, you know to, to go toward a tribal kind of society or, or at least I, I think at some point to to survive. The human species had to sure. be had to be cooperative and, and work in yes, groups to, you know, to hunt and those yes. kinds of things, and so I think that that chemical being emitted by the brain, it's called um, oxytocin, um, is is to encourage that kind of right activity. So, yeah. so I think a lot of times people who don't have that system developed, and I talked about that in the essay about. Um, or the download about um, Kaczynski. He was he was in the hospital as a child. Yeah, um, he had some kind of really severe reaction to medication or something. Yeah, and I'm a little loud here. Can, yeah, go ahead. Can I turn it down? That's yours.
0: Okay, that's it's better. Your, it's your uh, micro. It's your. That's better. Okay. Yeah,
2: I was screaming in my own ear. I know. Uh, I don't want to have that. So Kaczynski was in the hospital when he was a kid. Um, I think maybe like ten years old, something like that. Right. Um, and he was in isolation because of this. Con- had something. It must have affected his brain somehow. Right. And um, so th- I, I think that really contributed to, hit, to that system not being developed. Yeah. And maybe some people are born with with less of that kind of system intact. Yeah. And if you don't do social things, I think you, you become more and more of that person where that system is stunted. And, yeah. and you're you're a pretty social person. I mean oh, yeah. you're yeah. right. You you like to interact with people Sure, and you enjoy that kind of thing. So I, I think that's an indicator of um, you know, people that are that are gonna kinda of go in that direction. Right. And if you if you look at most of these people that are serial killers most of them are loners. They're, yeah. they're they're sort of isolated kind of people right. that um, get further and further away from society. Yeah, and and maybe that's what leads to you know what they eventually do. Yeah, um, and I think that's the kind of people that Peck was, was talking about too. Yeah. I think there really is a, a biological basis for it. Yeah, um, at least at least for that kind of yeah evil. Uh, today we're going to concentrate a little bit more on um, on, de- on the demonic part of right. of evil, which I think is really sort of connected, but I think they're really kind of two separate pathways yep. in some sense. I think that people that do evil things are not necessarily <coughs> demonically possessed, but I think I, but I think there's a chance they may some maybe yes, too, yes, you know. Um, now I think we're going to go at this from kind of two different points of view you're going to go at it from more of a traditional kind of Christian point of view on
0: and I'll also throw in some other um, things that I've that I've read and um, some of the books that I've reviewed on the Fedora Chronicles mm-hmm. side mm-hmm. Uh, including and especially Beware the Night and yeah. uh, Paranormal yeah. Intruder mm-hmm. whereas is like in some aspects people do bring it on themselves they actually invite the demons in
2: well that's part of the whole process yeah, yeah.
0: and then there are people who are just like hmm, he looks like a good target mm-hmm. so
2: well um i guess the i guess the best place to start is the genesis of of demon of demonic forces and um,
0: literally genesis <laughs>
2: <laughs> not literally no although i guess you could look at it that way, maybe let's way. open
0: up our bibles to the book
2: of genesis <laughs> page whatever page one yeah. <laughs> in the beginning and then it began um so there's some thinking, and and I think that this may be a pretty valid theory. Although there's really no way to prove it, I guess, is that um, the forces of good and evil, which you could say I guess are angels and demons. Yes, some you could say that. Point on that. You could say that. Um, actually, began with the Big Bang theory. Okay. Um, so that when the universe or the or reality, I guess, was, was created, uh, which many scientists believe there was some kind of a huge explosion, which, of course. which created energy, yes. a huge amount of energy, which any explosion does. Right. But as a result of that, um, big bang, there was positive energy and negative creating energy like yes. with, with everything, like with electricity, there's a, yeah. there's a positive and a negative. You know, if you look in your car on the battery, there's a of positive course. and a negative. Of course. Power. Um, so there's always sort of that duality yeah. involved in it and as a result of that um, big bang there were positive entities that came into existence yeah, yeah. and at the same time there were negative entities yeah um, now the the I think the biblical or more Christian viewpoint is is that God whatever God happens to be in, yeah. your, in your own pantheon um, is is the entity or the being that created angels and demons
0: sure um, not intentionally i don't think god intentionally created angels to be become demons but go ahead go ahead. well
2: no, well you go ahead you can you can morph on that if you want if
0: you all want. right go well from there with it you know from the the thing is 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 that god gave everybody allegedly according to the bible and all of teach uh, christian philosophy is that god created everything with free choice free mm-hmm. will right and the thing is that it was just like cuz the thing is like if you're just a robot and you're just programmed to love god is that really love you know is it really is it really love so the thing is is that for God to be loved, he has to have people give people the choice to love him. Right. Um, and I think that there's, there's something a little something about that, that. I'm not really sure. I mean, who am I to question the creator of the universe and all like that? But there's that aspect well, of the When thing did is, that ever stop you? Know? Well, I mean <laughs> But there's a lot of things where it's just like you should be allowed to have a, a, a free choice. And right. the thing well, is, is how can you have free choice if you have no choice exactly I mean, well if, it's, if everything is good if you there's no choice right? right exactly you have to have free will to have choice um or well, you have to have choice to have free will I guess it either yeah. or one yeah. or the other yeah. you know one has to you have to have one before you can have the other yeah yeah you have to have free will so that you can make choices right. Right. and there are were a couple of demons or angels who were jealous of People, humanity, and the idea that, well, God created them first, you know, Um, and the timeline is not really when God created the heavens and the earth. It's really kind of sort of sketchy when God created the angels. And it wasn't just God. It was um, Father, Son, Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. that was involved, the the, the Trinity, as it were. And um, there's this one... Angel Lucifer who was, you know, God's The <laughs> highest ranking angel and it was he didn't like the fact that well god loved the people more than he loved angels for whatever reason or that's what satan thought satan thought oh god you know god has his favorites these are the human beings adam and eve mm-hmm. and how come i'm not being worshipped because i'm pretty awesome <laughs> right i'm you know hey listen i'm the most beautiful angel here so you're I'm, sort of god's right hand man god's right yeah. hand, well yeah. jesus is supposed to be god's right hand man so right. maybe lucifer was god's le- left hand man but it doesn't matter and the thing is is that a lot of like a third of the angels said this is a little messed up because well they can't fly, they don't have wings, they don't have you know, they they don't have Michael Landon, you know what I mean? Right. Come on. Um or John Travolta. Or, or John Travolta, right? <laughs> and uh, we, how come we're not worshipped? We want to be worshipped too. And angels decided they're going to go down to earth and they're going to they're gonna make life miserable for the humans because God loves us so much. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking like, that's a motivation I understand. Jealousy. I understand jealousy and envy. But they're angels. I mean, they're, they're angels
2: above that, I would think. Well, apparent, but apparently
0: not. Well, that's, that's where free will comes in mm. and of and the thing is is that since time and memorial since the beginning of, of humanity according to the Bible angels have been there to kind of like throw wrenches you know into into the gearworks of mm-hmm. the relationship between between God and man and God man and woman and all like that and um, throughout the Bible there are stories of God allows demons the devil to mess with people to test their faith and and in the in the end, it's almost it almost works out almost always like the book of Job where Job goes through these horrible trials and tribulations and it was just like, oh, God's been there with me the entire time. And, you know, um, right. and, and but the, the the devil was able to, Satan Lucifer, whatever, was allowed to do almost anything to Job except kill him everything short of kill him to test who was the guy that was told to kill his son was that abraham that was abraham yeah, yeah.
2: um which you know and then you know and he was going to do it to prove that he was he loved god yeah but then they you know at the end they god said no, short. No. no no i was only kidding yep just kidding so, um but really that doesn't even make sense to me no well i mean a loving god would tell somebody to kill their own son I mean, what kind of trauma is that inflicting on somebody? Yeah. (laughs) I mean, really. I mean, that's my personal viewpoint, I guess. But, you know, to me, that's crazy. Right. Why would God do that? Yeah. A a God that loves man, supposedly. Right. Um, I don't know. You know, then, then, you know, on the other... (laughs) Another vein of that whole story is is the is the the um, Sumerian right story of of the Anunnaki. Get the bell out, Eric. I got it. Bring that baby. Um, where where that version of the Bible is really where we're, there were actually beings that right that it was based on right and and that whole story of God and that kind of thing was sort of based on that and and kind of created yeah around that um, to to serve the purposes of the people who who wrote that. Sure. But in in the Anunnaki story, the god is Anu, Mm -hmm. who was the head of the head the main Anunnaki sure. person who was, who would take the place of God. Right. He was like the, the highest version of the, you know, the, of the ruler yeah. of the Anunnaki. Yep. And then he had two sons that came down to earth. Um, one was his half son and the other right. one was a full blooded son. Um, and, and um, they were always, they were kind of vying for his favor. Right. And Enlil, who was one of the sons was not the, not the proponent of, of the human race, he didn't didn't really like humans, and he, he wanted to kind of annihilate them. Yeah. And then An, uh, Enki was the was the was the son that engineered humans by you know a bi biological intervention, a gene, genetic genetic yep. intervention yep. into our genome. So that that whole story of the Garden of Eden and all that stuff came down through through the Anunnaki, as yeah. yeah. You know how man was created and that kind of thing. So there's a, so there's another whole version of that story i guess yes um how that ties in with good and evil i guess is 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 what you believe mm-hmm. what you, you know what your what your pantheon is for yeah for whatever your god is and, that, and right. that's right that's up to everybody to make that individual decision yeah um but the question comes into being what what are demons you know what what are what are they forces or are they um you know, if you look at something like the, the exorcist. Yes. Um, how did, how did a demon get into, to the little girl? You know, what did she do to, to deserve having a demon in her?
0: She started playing with a Ouija board by herself. Well,
2: That's true. But, um, the, that's Ouija, the, literal. the Ouija board is really just a, a channeling device. Exactly. To allow that. Now, now supposedly demons exist on, on a lower plane. Um, than then say like angelic beings do. Okay. To, you know, good good right. entities versus bad. Good and bad. Yes. Subjective, but uh, good and evil or however you want yeah. to classify yeah. it. Um, so so these evil entities apparently are waiting to come into this world. Yeah, um, and and if you think about again, if you think about this reality as a matrix, yeah, um, based on vibration and, and things like that, well, um, maybe that's that makes some sense. Yeah, you know, if if people are vibrating at a certain level, then that opens them up for demonic possession sure um, and the same thing with objects Yeah, if objects are vibrating at a certain level that's resonates with the with the evil entity that's trying to yeah. enter the world
0: we're also we're we're, we're we're starting to dabble into where the intersection between quantum theory and mysticism, spirituality, yeah, intersect. yeah the
2: interface of that;
0: those two things, right? Yeah,
2: and and I do think that they do. I think there's, you know, as as with the concept of the the brain releasing a chemical that that you know leads to yeah. to an evil action, say, um, I think science and and you know science and metaphysicality merge at some point yeah. where yeah. the two things really are kind of the same. They yes. interface. Yes. Um, metaphysical things are are more difficult to prove, yeah. um, and I don't think just because things are scientific necessarily means that they're the end all the be all. No, you know, I, I think there's more to it. But the two things do come together, and I think they're as time goes on. I think they they come together more and more and more. Yeah, um, which is kind of where our some of our discussions have gone.
0: Right, exactly. You
2: know? So you, you kind of have to ask yourself, well, what? what are these demons what you know and and um i've listened to a guy that's an that's an exorcist um not not a priest um he's like a lay exorcist right and they they do exist they're not they're not just priests but he he says that every um i think it's diocese what's the what's the um a hierarchy of the catholic church i know there's different levels it's of, it's uh there's a parish which is the local yes right? and the diocese is a, a collection
0: of, of parishes okay so
2: i think every diocese has their own exorcist right um which is kind of remarkable when you think of yeah. it yeah so um that being the case that you know to extend that concept that the catholic church gives a lot of credibility to, to right they take it possession. seriously they take right. it seriously um But, however, they have a very stringent set of guidelines that um, an an event has to meet the guidelines in order to be considered worthy of an exorcism. And apparently that's fairly rare.
0: Right. Um,
2: So they have people that go in and and I, I don't know whether it's the exorcist or some... Somebody that goes in ahead of time and figures out whether it's yeah. worthy of an exorcism or whatever, and then if it is, then they have this process that they go through that, yeah. that where they uh, and th- this guy that I that was the exorcist that was a non-priest, um, he was kind of a lay exorcist. He he said that it's it's actually fairly rare for people to be really demonically possessed okay Um, at least by the catholic church
0: catholic church's right it happens but
2: right most times it's it's a question of mental illness or yeah some misinterpretation of something that somebody said you know um or somebody just screwing around pretending they're they're disastrous i mean people do that kind of thing um but he said there are instances where people are legitimately yeah possessed by a demon um and apparently, there's a hierarchy of demons too. Yes, I don't know if yes, there ran are. Ran across any of that stuff, and they have names. They have actual. Names. They sure do. Um, like the one in the 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 demon in the Exorcist was a was a particular Zazu. yeah was a particular demon, and um, he he or it, um, I guess I don't seemed like it was pretty high up on the yeah on the hierarchy of demons yeah. there's some that seem to have more power than others there's minor demons and then there's, yeah uh, may, maybe i mean satan's sort of the pet demon i guess right. he's like the, right the main man but and i guess the closer they get the demons get to his level yes. the, the more powerful they are and the more maybe and we the, have the harder
0: and, they are to get rid and of we, and and the, the 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 entire notion of all of this is is that um which is kind of scary and terrifying when you think about it is that there are people who actually like the idea of being possessed and i'm kind of like I, I, are you are you crazy are you nuts
2: well i think some people see it as a form of power when they um you know when they feel slighted by something right. or they feel like you know they're powerless that they haven't gotten a, you know they haven't gotten all the breaks in life or right or whatever it is that people start to think that way right a lot of times they will conjure up a demon to um, to get done whatever it is they want to get done.
0: I've shudder thinking about that.
2: Well, I mean, apparently that's what people do. Yeah. You know? And, and um, it seems crazy. It seems like, why would somebody do that? But I guess they do. And that's, that's what the Ouija board can be. Right. Um, you know, when you use a Ouija board, you open up a channel to yeah. whatever comes in comes in you know once <laughs> yes it, once you got it you got it you know yeah. you have to somebody's got to remove that right from you or banish it in some some way right um, and apparently it's not just there, there's different um, different forms of demons depending on what the belief system is sure so, like, there there are demons that originated um, in in Egypt. Yeah, um, I'm not sure about the one that was in The Exorcist. Was that that was like a Iraq? That, that was Iraq. But what was the? I think was it was it Muslim based or a
0: um, uh, Sumerian? Or um, I'm gonna you know what? That's a great. I think I
2: think, it, I think it, it it was an ancient. It went way back. Yes. So, demons have to be sort of created in some sense. Um so basically the, I think the way it works at least from the research I did is that you know you have this negative energy but it doesn't really become a demon until it's created by by humans
0: so we're sort of co-creators in that whole yep. process So this goes back to... Assyrian and Babylonian mythology, Pizzazzo, sometimes... So that goes way back to being, you know... Was the king of the demons of the wind and the son of the god Habani? He also represents the southwest wind, the bearer of storms and drought. Right.
2: So in some sense, uh, the priest that was over in Iraq released that demon, I think.
0: In, in some way
2: sure it, it, within it
0: was, within the realm of the movie yes yes
2: right um now that's that's supposedly based on a true event i mean that may be may, that part of it may be fictionalized i don't know but yeah at any rate um you kind of have to ask yourself how did it find reagan yes you know how did it so if you, if you start looking at the um the idea behind yeah. how demons actually come into the world and how they get into people, um, there there was some, and and they didn't really spell it out specifically, but there was something going on with the father. Yes, uh, he was, absentee he, father. He, yeah, he he was he was apparently not a real good guy. Right. I mean, yes. they they alluded to that. They didn't really give specifics, but you know the fact that he didn't call her on her birthday and you know that kind of stuff. Yes. Um, so maybe that is part of the whole process, you know, that there's some larger um, energy at work. Yeah. Um, and apparently, you know, I have to ask myself, well, how can a little kid be possessed? They don't have enough experience or enough supposed um, negativity attached to them. Yeah. To, to be open for that kind of thing. They certainly most 10 year old kids. Right. I don't think would conjure up a demon necessarily. Right. Although I mean it's possible, I guess. But I mean, kids play around with Ouija boards sometimes. I think, and yes. don't really know what they're getting into. No. Um, but from what I understand, that the the, the um, circumstances for for being possessed could go back generations into your family. Yes. So there could be a genetic component as well, and it may not even be something that you did that would. Um, leave you open to demonic possession yeah. but it may be something that your grandfather did some heinous right act that put that sort of you know, let's call it a curse for lack of a better right. word, onto your genetic makeup yeah. yeah one and of the that things that's coming through one of the things now.
0: one of the yeah. things i also want to be able to interject here is, yeah. is that um Emil and um your your Anunnaki buddies. Do we? Do I get to ring the bell if I say Anunnaki? Yeah, why not? Um, they, not as loudly. <laughs> <laughs> there, a there, muted
2: a muted bell.
0: There is some connection between the Anunnaki and Pazazu. Really? Yeah, yeah. It's it's on the Wikipedia page. I'll, lay, lay, I'll lay link that, to it.
2: Lay that on me, Eric. What's going on? Oh,
0: there? the thing is, that at the bottom, there's there's these links. Um, it says here. see Anunnaki. Yeah, uh, yeah. I'm actually going to read this here. Um, Pazazu is a demon of the southwest wind, known for bringing famine um, during dry seasons and locusts during the rainy seasons. Pazazu was invoked in um, anthrop- anthropological amulets, which combat the powers the powers of his rivals, the malicious goddess. Um, Masatu, I'm pronouncing, I'm mispronouncing that, um, who was also believed to cause him to mother and child, um, cause him, cause harm to mother and child during childbirth. Although Pizzazzo himself considered to be an evil spirit, he drives and frightens away other evil spirits, therefore protecting humans against plagues and misfortunes. So, I mean, the thing is, is like, you know, he, 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 he has his own, um, mythology there which uh, there's a lot of things about this how's it
2: connected to the Anunnaki it just
0: something? says here it's like see also um, emuel. it just mentions these, uh, these, these other um, members of the Anunnaki family including mm. your the two brothers there
2: uh, Enlil and uh, yeah. Anki yeah. yep that would be something to, to delve into a little bit more yeah. heavily, maybe. Um, it, it, well the word demon actually is interesting because um, it's apparently it it was based on the Greek word daemon, which which Socrates yeah. um, brought brought I don't, I don't know whether he created the word or not, but he, he used it anyway and he he saw that as um, sort of a creative force. Yeah. Um a a wise spirit a wise and guardian spirit so the the strange thing that i uncovered when i was doing the research for this is that demons or what we think of as demons are not always um don't always do necessarily evil things or or negative things um there's one demon that's chinese Mm -hmm. based ancient Chinese based that when it comes into the world it it goes after um rapists and yeah and child molesters
0: yeah so you know that's that's not so bad these are these are almost like fallen angels who take it upon themselves to dispense justice
2: yes yeah they're, they're, they're kind of vigilante demons I yeah. Guess, or you know? yeah or something yeah is not necessarily a good thing either, but, um, you know, the world could deal with less rapists and child molesters, yeah. I think. You know. And
0: people will not shut the hell up in movie theaters. <laughs> well, to, or
2: look at their cell phones.
0: Yeah. Um, not that you would ever do that, Eric. I no. would never do that. Um,
2: so, yeah, so there's, you know, there's there's a lot of negative connotation to demons, and I think for the most part they are negative yep. in the actions that they do. Um but but how do they enter the world? That's that's the thing. I think right. uh one guy actually it was the guy that was the lay exorcist said they have to be invited in. Yeah. They can't just um, just say, Oh, you know, they look at Eric and say, Oh, I wanna possess Eric. You know, you actually have to through one through you know, through an occult ceremony or, or something yeah. like yeah. that, um, you're actually you're actually inviting them to come through and yeah. and go, go into you. Um, so that's part of the whole thing too. Yeah. You know, people actually have to conjure them up. Um, you know, there's, there's, there's a whole lot of interesting ramifications to, to all of that. Yes. You know, and I think a lot of it has to do with vibration. Yeah. I really do. I think you have to be vibrating at a, at a synchronous vibration with it, with that demon right. in order for it to enter you know yeah. the same for ob for for objects that are possessed objects i think yeah. it's the same thing and maybe that object becomes a conduit for that demon to yeah. to enter the world you know so just so if so if a, an object is possessed it's just the demon's kind of just waiting there for yeah. the right the right person you know who knows i don't know
0: yeah what do you think I, don't know. I think the entire notion of people inviting demons into their lives, you have to actually ask them, ask yourself, why would they do that? Why would you actually want to do something like that? And the thing is, is like, what what would be your end game? And you also got to realize that it's like, if, if you invite demons into your life, there's a cost to that. We're talking about your, your, your internal damnation, you know, if you say hey I'd like to have demons in my life do this that and the other thing and, and I'm willing to sell my soul to to become a politician or Mick Jagger or whatever like that mm-hmm. and you're willing you want you'll you'll trade your soul for fame and fortune and and getting ahead in politics well what's when's the price due and the thing is is that do people who get into politics do that all the time? <laughs> I mean and the thing question. is I don't know. and do you literally you sell your wonder about that. Do you literally sell your soul to uh you know to get ahead in politics or is it, or is it just um a thousand little compromises, you know, before you get there?
2: Well, I think it's probably both. Yeah. You know, in some in some sense. Yeah. You know whether it's literal or not. You know, yeah. You know every time you you know it goes back to free will. Um, I, I think we all have the potential to be um, Darth Vader or or be um, Luke Skywalker. You know, it yeah. just depends on the decisions you make, and I I, th- I think it goes back to how needy you are yeah. spiritually. And if if you need to resort to using the dark side, which Darth Vader does, yes. obviously. Then you're gonna pay a price for that. Yeah, at some, at some point. Yeah. Where, whereas if you choose to use good energy, then you know you're moving your soul along this a, a spiritual path.
0: Move along home. Yeah. You know?
2: um, which, you know, I'm I'm not sure that using the darkness is is something that you can't overcome. I I think you
0: can. Right,
2: but it depends on how dark it is. You know, the, you know, like somebody like Hitler. Yeah. Um, you know what did he? Do, you know, what did he do to his soul? You know what, what, kind yeah. of, what kind of what kind of stuff is he going to have to do to overcome that? You know, um, I don't know, and and who knows why that whole scenario was created? Do you think that the and it was created?
0: Do you think that way? you can just go down the dark path and that there's there's a point of no return? Like you've gone so far down this path, you, that's it. You're that's it. You're done. You're toast. You know, call it a call call it a life. Um,
2: no, I, I don't think there's no. I don't think there's a point of no return. Really, I, I, I think that you, I think that when you pass over to the to the next existence, whatever whatever that is, there's there's different different levels of of. Existence, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe vibrational levels, or whatever. Sure. And and depending upon what your life events were for that particular lifetime, I happen to believe in reincarnation,
0: but that's my own personal. Right. Your mileage may vary.
2: Yeah. Whatever. Whatever people happen to believe, you know, whether you have one lifetime or a hundred, whatever happens, um, that's where you end up. Right. And. You know i don't like the concept of hell necessarily i i think it's just you know a very negative place and that you end up in but i think you can somehow work your way out yeah. that. you know and i think that's why we keep coming back and back so that we can right keep going up the ladder so to speak till we reach whatever right whatever the pinnacle is i don't know nirvana
0: or something according <clears throat> according to the bible Almost every sin can be forgiven except for the ultimate sin is and that's mocking or not taking the Holy Spirit seriously, Mm. you know, and and denying truth because the Holy Spirit is truth incarnate and it's like Mm -hmm. if you deny the Holy Spirit, then. You know, and you really mean it. You're not just joking around. I mean, you really, definitely say that. Uh, you know, blah blah blah. Holy Spirit, crap, blah blah blah. If you if you, if you generally mean that in your soul, that's a that that's a sin you cannot forgive. I mean, murder, rape, not showing up in movie theaters, th- stealing, um, destroying the environment. Those are all sins that you can be overcome. Cutting into lines. Cutting into lines, all of those, all of those sins are are not insurmountable.
2: Not returning your shopping cart to the uh,
0: to the place where you're supposed. Exactly, to be. interrupting the producer of the podcast <laughs> while he's trying to make a point. You know that they, yeah. they, they can be that can be overcome. Yeah, but the thing is 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 that, but for me in my personal experience in dealing with people who are genuinely evil and they take pleasure from committing evil acts and hurting other people. I think that that's all that. I mean, for me personally, that's a line. Some people cannot come back from. Whereas it's like it, at being unrepentant of your sins is a part of that denying the Holy spirit. And if you're unrepentant and if you don't care, Hey, listen, I, if you're, if you are an evil son of a biscuit and you say, wow, I really enjoyed bringing misery and suffering to all those people out there on your deathbed the only the only regret you have is not committing more pain and suffering you're that's a genuine evil person and being unrepentant is evil and i i, I don't know what to say to that except well, or, okay, how, so, how can you come back from that
2: okay so let's put it this way here's here's another point what what if the evil deeds that you do are a result of you being demonically possessed is is that do, you know, do you have responsibility for that, or does the demon have responsibility for
0: that? <clears throat> so, at what point did you bring that on yourself? To well, that's you the whole know. thing. You don't you don't know for sure, I guess. But no, um, I think it's a good question.
2: You know, is is your soul, so to speak, culpable for the deeds of a demon that's acting through you?
0: I think you have to take that on a case by case basis. As wackadoodle as that sounds, I think you have to take that by a case by case basis.
2: Well, like like in The Exorcist, the the priest um,
0: got he was possessed, the,
2: or the movie director was thrown out the window or something, right? right? Well, was that you know was that on Reagan or was that on the demon that was in her?
0: You know, Good you question. mean are you talking about at the end of the movie where the where the priest no, the, takes no, the, the demon? No,
2: no, the director of the movie, that right? The, that the mother was making was killed. Yeah. Well, he was killed by essentially by Reagan, right? Right. Uh, but is that is that Reagan's sole responsibility, or is that on the demon that was inside of
0: her? No, I, I mean, yeah, question, in, in, huh? in, in the in the case of a child, um, no, I mean, no, I think that's I think that's on Pizzazzu, Captain Howdy. Okay. All right, like I, I'll give you that. But it's a question
2: to be asked, I think. Yeah. You know. Where where's where do you draw the line? Uh, you know, if somebody you know, do do, say like people that do these mass these massacres and things or or even just go into a place and kill three or four people. Sure. Guy the other day that went in and killed some people at a place where he used to work. Um you know, you could probably make the case that those people are possessed somehow, I think. Okay. Um, so are they responsible for the for the shooting or is the you know if they're possessed by a demon is the demon the one that's takes the responsibility for that
0: I I don't know I'm just asking the question I I think that the, that's a really sort of dangerous question it's a to ask philosophical because, question cause because the thing about. is that it it's like if, if somebody commits a horrible heinous act and he and his defense mm-hmm. is oh I was possessed by the well, devil well that's
2: a defense that's probably I wonder if that's ever been used as a defense probably it, it has just been. about everything has been used I guess.
0: yeah <laughs> Um, there are people who use all kinds of, like the Twinkie defense. You know, they are yeah, high crazy, on sugar. and Crazy stuff like that. Or they're yeah. high on drugs. That's not an excuse.
2: But the thing is, if you take responsibility for your actions, I think that means something. Yeah. Um, whereas if you try to get around it somehow. Sure. That's, that's another level of things. But um, I don't know. You, you, you kind of have to make the case for... Uh, Looking at people who commit really heinous acts, are they somehow possessed by something, some evil spirit or something that makes them do that or takes action through them? Which is what demons apparently are always wanting to do. They're, demons in themselves are, are formless, I think, yeah.
0: essentially. I mean, I think they can take they form. They need people to act like 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 um, forklifts or something like that to, to make them yeah, do to, to bad things. To animate
2: things. themselves. Yeah. They use a person to, you know, to yeah. animate their, whatever their actions are that they yeah. want to do. Yeah. Um, you know, and how many of those people are floating around that you don't even know about, you know? How, how often do you run across somebody that's possessed by some kind of something?
0: Like when you meet somebody, you, there's some just something wrong with that person. Yeah. Like, you is, know. Is that
2: possession or not?
0: You know. I don't know. Um,
2: you know, I, like I, and there's, there's apparently there's different indicators of, of whether somebody's demonically possessed. Yeah. The smell is one thing. Yeah. Um, I remember there was a really rotten smell in the, in yeah. the, in the room. Yes. The, in the exorcist. Um, and I, I, going back to the last show, I was talking about that guy that came into the party where I was at, and he had a, like a—he just had a really odd smell to him, and I, I had to sure. leave. It was sure, it was it was uncomfortable for me to be yeah. in the same room with him. Um, and I meant to ask Jim about that. I yeah, haven't yet. But talk
0: when about he's that. done with the deck, when he's deck. done
2: with the deck, right? So th- maybe there are some indicators that people sort of ignore, you know. Um, like you said sometimes you just get a bad feeling from somebody
0: right um, you just know that there's the right. dark side right you know I think that an- another thing is is that that's if you can use like the devil as the, as as um, um, as an excuse then the thing is is like well why don't we have prisons how come you know you know how come we don't have like exorcists <laughs> you know uh, instead of instead of Gerald um um, prison wardens, but there are really, I mean, we've talked about this and we'll probably have this conversation again. There are genuinely bad people out there and thank God that they're put away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I don't think that you can keep using the devil as an excuse. Cause the thing is that at some point, um, <sighs> Carol used to listen to this, um, evangelist on TV, Joyce Meyer, and she said that in many cases, we give the devil too much credit because there are a lot of bad things that we do because we're, you know, we just have a moment of weakness or whatever.
2: Well, it's an easy out. Oh, sure. We talked about last week. It's, It's easy to say that something's evil because it's really an out. It's you know it doesn't really explain it right. It's um, you know that's what I like so much about the Unabomber shows that they really explained how he got to where he got right. To. And that's something that we neglect to do, I think, in, in a lot of these cases. a lot In some cases, the, the, the person shoots themselves or kills himself before anybody can really ever question him. But we, we never really get to what created that person. Why, why, how, why and how did they get to where they got to I'm gonna, to do that act?
0: I'm going to say whatever something that's going to be really controversial. Well,
2: you like to do that.
0: And yes. I like to do that. But mm-hmm. I'm going to warn you here. That I might be opening up a floodgate of criticism. I can say with absolute total competence that those people involved in MKUltra were evil. I can say that with pure confidence. Well, if you go
2: by the definition we used last week, is that yes. people who do things to hurt other people or bring misery to other people, or whatever their end game is, yeah, with with no regard to that person's feelings and without
0: empathy, yeah, that's evil. I can say that so there. I can say that yeah, I would agree with you. And I that. can say that there are government agencies and politicians on both mm-hmm. side of the both sides of the aisle are evil. People who go into politics not to serve others, but because of the power and the control and the prestige and the perks, that is evil. People who turn a blind eye to suffering, when they have the power to change that or stop that suffering, I think that that is evil but what they would say I think anyway for the
2: most part is that they're doing that for the greater good they're doing these like the ends justify the means they they're doing it to to make America a safer place or to blah 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 whatever their rationality is right. for doing those kinds of things with no regard to what that does in the, e- even if that is true and I don't think it's necessarily true it's what right. they use as their you know flag
0: that they put up but, right
2: um I think it's a false flag. I think it's it's, just, it's 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 just something they put out there to justify what they're doing, and, and what they're really doing is enhancing their own ego, essentially. Yeah. By gaining power and dominance over people, and and that's yeah, that's I I have to
0: agree that's evil you have to agree with that and, I, and the thing is that it was like you look at how <laughs> washington is laid out and if you look closely enough it, oh, i think I, I see an upside down pentagram mm-hmm. you know pentagon pentagram mm-hmm. not too
2: far off no. Not too many letters off there no, you know, no there's no. a lot of occult significance to to
0: washington right and, and how'd that happen you know? but but with everything that i'm saying right now we can make we can make a case Ted, K- there was nothing. There was nothing evil about Ted Kaczynski until he set off his first bomb. Ted Kaczynski was just trucking along, just doing what he was doing. He was a messed up little kid, mm-hmm. and. But I mean, everything was everything about Ted. He was, Giz- he was fractured. He was wounded. He was fractured. He was a wounded spirit. He was a wounded spirit mm-hmm. who sent bombs in the mail.
2: Well, it's because that wound, that psychic wound, that was created by a number of factors. MK Ultra being one of them by messing with his mind. Whatever they did to him, I don't, I don't know the details of it, but. Um, what you know what they said in the show i think was that they were trying they were doing those experiments to try and figure out how they could interrogate like russian spies and things sure. and break them you know break them down and, Sure.
0: And i don't know how they connected that i don't believe that, to, that for a second no i don't either but
2: that was their rationale anyway that they brought forward how can
0: yeah. we program losers into getting a, a man liquor kakano and hang out in the book well, depository book and the book depository right. and kill yeah. the president well yeah how you can know. how can we get these rogue agents to commit these acts and you
2: have to wonder how many of these actions and act people people who have done these kind of things were the result of some kind of mind control or programming yeah of some kind you know i, I that's the logical question for me you know, Here's another you know, example. Came out of that. Here's and is that is that an evil activity? Is that how, how can
0: that not be evil? Yeah, I mean it is clearly to me it is. I mean obviously to it's not. It, it's obviously. I mean, and we're and I'm only going by what I've read since seeing that TV show, the article that I'm working on right now, which is about this very subject about the the MK Ultra and Ted Kaczynski, is that can we put all of his evil deeds is that all in his, all on his shoulders or can we say quote the devil made him do it unquote and the devil in this case being dr. feelgood who pumped him up with drugs or whatever and put you know LSD and, and made him experience this humiliation they created a monster
2: yeah like the like the Jewish. Uh, Golem. Yeah, you know they they would bring a spirit into the world to, you know to to do, solve some kind of problem that they had, and it would, you know it's like it's kind of like Frankenstein yeah. in a way. It it goes rogue and they can't get it can't get the genie back in the bottle. Right. You know? um, and I you know, I, I think in some ways society's responsible for Ted Kaczynski. Yeah, you know it wasn't just MK Ultra, although that was a, a pretty big piece of it. I think. Um, I think that you know he had to go through some kind of a screening. If he did he go in through that a episode, screening, yeah. and, and that was really kind of telling. They were they were looking for a certain kind of personality. Yeah, that they were going to do their do their dirty deeds on somebody you know? who was
0: incredibly needy intelligent something and I, it
2: didn't specify particularly what it was he, he was they had they had a large group of people at harvard yeah which is kind of interesting because it was harvard and um they were using that as a you know as a kind of a
0: can we program
2: for you know, that kind of person
0: can we program this the best and the brightest in the united states and program them to be killers
2: i'm not going to go with best or brightest i'm going with product product of the elite yeah for the most part yeah well, some some people do creep in there like kaczynski was not an elite uh, from the elite
0: group right but he was very intelligent oh yeah that's why he yeah. got in he, uh, i'm yeah. sure he
2: got a scholarship based on his his mathematical ability yeah uh, but as a result of that they they had a large... They started out with a large group of maybe, what, like 100 guys or yeah. something? And then they paired... They, they went through these series of screenings and they paired it down to just a yeah. select few. And he, he made the cut, unfortunately, for him. but um, So they were looking for something. They, yeah. they had a particular kind of personality type or something yeah. they were trying to identify. And he fit the bill, so they, they used him. But I think in a larger sense, Kaczynski was really a product of society and how... Uh, how we treat each other. Yeah. You know, and...
0: Canary in the coal mine. Well, I
2: I think he was a product of people's... um, callousness. Yeah. And, um, you know, he was a kid that... You know he was a little kid he was 16 when he got to harvard and, yeah and he didn't have a way to a year older than my oldest son is now yeah he didn't have a way to fit in there you know and i'm sure he was you know people made fun of him and you know what happens when those kind when you when you don't fit the um when you, when you don't fit the paradigm for that particular situation sure. you know if you go to um my 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 cousin graduated from Brown, which is, which is not dissimilar from Harvard. It's the same ilk, the same sure. group of people, you know. And I remember going to the graduation, and there was all these wealthy people there, and they were all talking about, oh, I'm going to get uh, Wilfred uh, a jag for his graduation present and stuff, you know. And um, I applied to help Brown. And I got in but i I couldn't afford to go there my father couldn't afford to send me there but and then afterward, I thought, you know I really want to go there anyway you know sure i I know I wouldn't have fit in because i i didn't I didn't speak the same language no. as those people, you know so I probably would have been an outsider of some kind, you know, unless you have a lot of money and right. blah blah blah, and the right clothes and all that stuff. You don't really fit the mold, and I think that's probably what happened to him yep. there. But it happened a lot earlier too. He just he just never really fit with society, and and yeah. you know, kids would send him notes. You, you saw that in that segment, right. mean, saying mean stuff, and you you know how kids are. Um, and and that's I think society is like that. Yeah, you know, and if you're not a conformist, if you don't fit the Whatever the paradigm is that's laid out, or the box that's created, then you're made fun of and you're you're bullied and blah blah. And I think a lot of these kids that get bullied and get made fun of and get you know separated from society in some way, that allows for some kind of an evil entity to enter them. Yeah, and whether it's because they're doing drugs or they're you know the kind of stuff they're reading and the kind yeah. of literature they buy into and the kind of mindset that they play into opens the door for that. Yeah, and I think a lot of these kids are possessed in some way. Yeah, by something. Some evil entity comes into them and causes their act to. You know, is is a voice in their in their ear saying, "Well, getting on and go in there, and kill us. Do of it. Bitches. Let's you do know? it. Yeah, let's get it let's done. Do you know? it. Let's do it. They hate you. Look at the stuff they call you. you know? Yeah." And, And the further and further they get away from some kind of social connection, the more likely they are to do that. And we're responsible for that, I think. Society. When I say we, I say the way we treat people. Right. And the way we um, don't really address that at an early age. I used to see that a lot with kids when I worked with them behaviorally. You know, I used to... I used to do bullying uh, dis- you know, discussions on bullying and what, how kids could avoid doing that kind of thing, and, and, yeah. and I and I always said to them that remember that, and I think this is a very true thing: is that whatever you do to somebody else, you're really doing to yourself. Yeah, you're 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 demeaning yourself when you demean another person. Right, and if you look at that, that's really kind of the golden rule in some yeah. sense, which is a very basic tenet of any kind of, you know, social right. hierarchy, I guess. Um, and I, I hope that resonated with kids to, so that maybe yeah. the next time they thought about making fun of the kid who had shabby sneakers or something, they'd say to themselves, well, you know, what if I had sneakers? Like, if that was yeah. the only pair of sneakers I had. Right. Okay, I've got a nice pair of sneakers because my parents... well You do, actually, Walt. Well, I hope. <laughs> I try. Yeah. But, but you know... If people could put themselves in somebody else's shoes and say, Hey, you know what? If I had those kind of clothes or, or I look like that kid looks or, or whatever yeah. it is that's being yeah. made fun of, they'd be a lot less likely to do that. And it's the same thing with with us. Yeah, You know, we, yeah. we tend to judge people. You know, you look at somebody that... Um, is homeless or or down on their luck, or is you know I always say they're vibrating at a lower level, right? Um, because of drugs or whatever life decisions they've made, usually bad ones, right? Um, if we put ourselves in that person's shoes and said, you know, without a few with a few different breaks than what I got. I could be there. I could be in people that People don't
0: realize shows. that. No. People don't realize that. This is that. a fine line. <laughs> you know, it's,
2: it's like being a blade runner, kind of. You know, <laughs> you're running down the edge of the blade all the time. And, you know, if you do try to do good things for people, I yeah. think, and I, I don't want to sound like, you know, counterculture ish or anything like that i I don't mean it to sound that way i I just think that it's if you do good for somebody else you're doing good for yourself and and i don't mean that to be selfish i just mean that you know if you go out of your way to to do something nice for somebody it doesn't have to be anything big right um even just polite general politeness holding the door for somebody or um You know whatever it is it's it's all a series of minor decisions that mount up to one big decision and i I think at the end of the day you know you make that choice it's it's free will which takes us
0: back which takes us back exactly to where to where we started (laughs) to my original position whereas you i mean they created a monster they got exactly what they deserved. How many hundreds of millions of dollars were spent hunting for a monster that they created. Ted Kaczynski. Yeah. Yeah.
2: That that like I was going to I I didn't complete the, the point, but that that task force started I guess relatively soon after he started doing these when they realized yeah. it was a serial bomber. Yeah. And and it went all the way up to 96 when that when they yeah. finally caught him. And how much money? There was like what like a hundred people yeah maybe trying hundreds, to find him hundreds you know, trying to find him how much money did that cost society
3: hundreds i mean we of paid millions. for it and at the end of the day you know
2: they had they had people that were like just researching one particular little area to try yep. and find i mean they had no no idea how this guy was and he was he was brilliant so he he was very good at covering up what he did yeah and, that's uh, yeah you know, they, they it was actually a pretty much equally brilliant guy that ended up catching, you know, finding out who another
0: another aspect of all of this. If you look at, there's a great movie out there, Zodiac. It's I watch it every time. It still mm-hmm. scares the hell out yeah, of me. Yeah, that
2: is a good movie. Yeah.
0: Manhunter, Unabomber, Mind Hunter—all mm-hmm. of these things have something in common. You're trying to get inside the head of a serial killer to figure out how we can catch him and how we can stop him. How can you prevent yourself from becoming something like that?
2: Well, I mean, I think I, I think that the larger question for me is how can society prevent that from happening? You know, there's got to be some way of identifying people like this early on, right? You know, if somebody in, in Ted Kaczynski's school, say a counselor or somebody, was able to identify his personality type and and somehow maneuvered the situation so that he didn't feel as alienated, yeah, um, that was some of the work that I used to do. And, I, and I'm not saying I prevented people from becoming serial killers. But you don't know. You don't know. Well, you don't know. You don't know what... I mean, a serial killer is an extreme right. thing. Right. You know, even even if I just presented, prevented somebody from going to jail, say, because right. they made a better choice right. in a particular situation, to me, that's a win. That's a big win, for, not ask, only for yeah. that person or for the person they would have inflicted that um, pain onto, but it's a win for society because, you know, a five-year stint in jail is, is a pretty expensive proposition. When I want to ask know?
0: you a question here, and if this is too personal, you will obviously let me know had have you read read in the newspaper that a kid that you looked out for actually did something awful and did you ever say my god what could I have done more to help this kid out
2: well I remember near guarantee granted I, I worked with kids in in Camden New Jersey which was okay pretty much the armpit of, of or right armpit of the country maybe uh, huge crime rate and drugs and you name it blah 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 Um and I did read about a kid, kid who I worked with, and, and I forget what he did. It wasn't it wasn't a huge thing. It was like stealing a car or something, or drug drug possession or something. But I thought to myself, well, gee, maybe I could have done something a little bit differently. And that was yeah. early on in my career, so right. I didn't really totally understand what what everything was about, yeah. you know. I went mostly by my instincts, which were usually pretty good, yeah. you know. Uh, I, always, I found out early on that when you make a connection with somebody, like yeah. a kid, um, you can get a lot further with them if they trust you, and, yeah. and then they sort of connect with you as a human being rather than as an authority yeah. figure or whatever. Yeah. And that that concept served me well throughout mm-hmm. everything that I did. That was always pretty much the premise of any yeah. interaction I had. With a group of kids or with individual yeah, kids. Yeah. Um, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier, is that can, connectivity is right. huge toward stopping these kinds of things from happening. But, but you know, the larger picture is there's something really wrong with our society. Oh, absolutely. That, that oh, yeah. It produces people like this. Oh, absolutely. You know, there's some psychic pain somewhere along the line that's not being created by you name it
0: there's you know, there's all kinds of things, want you know. manufacturing want yes, i think has want a large and fear want and fear manufacturing fear yeah. is another thing mm-hmm.
2: if if you look at advertising and and all, you know we we've beat this drum many times now yeah but you know it creates like you said it creates want in people they look at an ad and they say oh well you know i should i should have clothes like that or i should have a house like that or i should have a car like that or or whatever the, whatever the item is right that you that that need is created in you by by the advertising right. that's that's evil i yeah. think you know because it's making people unhappy with what they have you know they want
0: more. They, want more. they somebody, want more. Somebody had told me earlier this week yeah. in talking about the next phase of their career. And it's like, what does he really want? And he had said, I just want to be content with what I have. Mm-hmm. A couple of Christmases ago, I said that exact same thing to my wife. You know what, what do I want for Christmas? I want to be content with everything I have already. I want to keep what yeah, I already have. That,
2: that's a good um, line of thought. You know? It is because, you know, when you look, when you compare yourself to, to somebody else, and that's not always a good thing to do right. either, but, um, you know, you can go in either direction. You can p- compare yourself to a multi-zillionaire right. who's got everything that they could ever possibly want and blah, 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 and somebody that's, you know, homeless, say. Uh, yeah. The total end of the spec, other, other end of the spectrum. Well, if you look at your, your own particular... Happened your 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 existence or your circumstances. Yeah, you're in pretty good shape, really. You know, yeah, in essence, you know. And you
3: don't.
2: There's always that, like, oh, what do you want for Christmas? Well, yeah, what what do I want for Christmas? You know, right? Do I want another device or something that's not really going to make you any happier? Yeah. You know, spending a nice day with your family that is you know that, that you have a good relationship with yeah. is, is is a gift in itself yeah because there's going to come a day where that's not going to be there yeah so for whatever you know for multiple reasons but, yeah um so yeah that's a good way to look at it we don't want to get
0: too far into the holiday season anymore. jingle bells hmm. jingle bells it's not even halloween yet okay walt i think that's a perfect place to leave the podcast this yeah time. you
2: think we're done we, we've expended yeah. all there is about evil um I I just think that people have to try to be good. Yeah. And I know that's, you know, kind of altruistic sounding. But when you look at all of the the parables and and those kinds of things that sort of have some kind of a life lesson embedded into them, that's really the bottom line is that um, you you have to try to live your life in a way that's... um, you know that that does good things yeah. for people and not negative things. That's it's it's the old good versus evil, really. That's, right. that's the only story there really is for my money. Yeah. It's good versus evil. Yeah. You know where where do you make that cut off? Where do you where do you say? Uh, you know, I could I could cheat that person if you have a business. You know, they're not going to know the difference. Yeah, they're they gonna, will. They're, but doesn't matter whether they know the difference You'll because know you it. know the difference that's that's what it comes down to and if you can live with a life decision okay that's up to you but,
0: yeah um,
2: yeah. you know you're always everyday you're faced with that, that choice that free will which is why we're here yeah. to, to try and make those better choices absolutely do we always do that no no but you learn from it and you try to do better next time right so next time you see somebody begging, you know, give them a buck. doesn't hurt. A buck doesn't hurt, you know. Um, you know, if you listen to some people, they'll say, well, they're going to use it on drugs. Well, maybe they need those drugs. You know, I, I don't know. But I do know one thing. I'm lucky that I'm not sitting out on the street in ragged clothes and with a tin cup in my hand. I yeah. know that much. And if I have an extra dollar, okay. So it's not going to hurt me to, to give right. it to them. Um, you know and it and it's larger things too. I mean, there's people that will um i I wrote a story one time it didn't get any traction with anybody, but it was about Christmas and a guy who who went to the store went to the um I want to say market basket. I think I used grocery basket in the story, but yeah um and he and he picked out the person that looked like they needed. What, what he was going to do the most right you know like a, a family that had a cart full of groceries with a lot of kids and and he would buy the on Christmas Eve he would buy their groceries for Yeah, you know that was that was the thing he did you yep. know and um, not only helping them but he's helping himself too right. that's that's the big point I think that I guess maybe we can leave mm-hmm. this this with and if you open yourself up to evil it's going to it's gonna open. Yeah. It's gonna come in the door. Yeah, you know. But you, you, op- you do it to yourself. You open. You open the door, and then if you do that by whatever your actions are, then it's gonna gonna come in. Then you're gonna live with that.
0: So there it is. And that's it. That's the end of the show, folks. Right. Good job, Walt. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. God bless us, everybody.
2: To yeah. Tiny Tim. <laughs>
1: This has been the Metaphysical Connection podcast from the Fedora Chronicles Network. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast via iTunes, Google Play, or Player FM. You can find our podcast via your Apple, Android, or Windows devices using those services and more. If your favorite podcast service or program doesn't feature us, let us know by shooting us an email via info at FedoraCronicles.com. That's also a great way to get in touch with Walt, Jim, and Eric, and let us know what you think of the podcast, as well as topic suggestions for a future show. If we use your suggestion, we'll send you a t-shirt or coffee mug. Just send along your size and preference with your email. You can be a part of the metaphysical connection between shows by joining us on our social media accounts. You can find us on Facebook by going to our metaphysical connection group and following us on Twitter at physics laxative. Most importantly, you can support the show by hitting the Patreon button on all of our show pages, metaphysicalpodcast.com. Patreons of the show get specials such as getting the podcast a day before the rest of the audience, heads up about future episodes and other exclusives. Want some metaphysical connection swag of your own? Get your own damn metaphysical connection coffee mugs, t-shirts, keychains, and barbecue aprons at our Zazzle page. My house is full of them, yours should be too. Find them at www.zazzle.com/fedora chronicles. Don't forget to check out our show sponsor, the Trinity Whip Company. Traditionally made kangaroo whips, top quality craftsmanship in form as well as function handcrafted by blake brunning find his products at www.trinitywhipco.com so for walt jim and eric this is carol fisk thanking you for listening and signing off until next time keep your chin up and your bra excuse me fedora on